This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to Late Boomers. Today we have as our special guest, Cherie L. Prince, an attorney and a podcast host, the Play Big Faster podcast, an asset protection coach who teaches entrepreneurs how to merge their business plan with their estate plan in order to protect their assets. And I'm Mary Elkins. Cherie has taught, led, and counseled entrepreneurs at every phase of their business for more than a decade. And we're looking forward to hearing her thoughts on how you can learn more about asset protection, estate planning, and business planning. Welcome, Cherie. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. Yeah, please tell us about your background and how it led you to the career path you're on today. Well, the story starts on a 150-acre farm in Louisville, Mississippi. Um, Shortly after the death of my mother, my brother and I eventually landed at my grandparents' house. And so you can imagine summers, you know, picking crops and just, you know, hanging out, riding dirt bikes. That's how it started. Fast forward, um, my grandparents passed away and they did not have a will, trust or estate plan. And so after that and my first failed business, I realized that I really wanted to get the professional competencies to help people navigate the same situations that I had just come out of. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's that's that Good must motivation. have been very difficult. Yeah, a wonderful motivation and also a very yeah. tough time. Well, tell me more about what inspired you to dedicate your career to helping entrepreneurs secure their assets and also go a little bit into why asset protection uh, is a financial strategy as well as a personal mission. Oh, definitely. Well, as I mentioned with my grandparents, that was more on the personal side. After my mom passed away when I was 16, we inherited her portion um, of my family's land. And so we had conflicts within the family and we had to hire a probate attorney to come in and resolve those conflicts. Fast forward, I opened my first business at 21 and it was basically on a handshake. Things did not go well. And when it was time to dissolve the partnership, there were all sorts of issues. Mm. And so just in a quest to actually run my business more efficiently, My first thought was, I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to learn these things just for me and I'm going to use them inside my business. But, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And I had several friends who were entrepreneurs and I would help them some. And it really became the way that I loved making a living. And it it didn't feel like work. Mm. That's wonderful. And talk a little bit why asset protection is a financial strategy, though. 
Oh, definitely. Well, this is the thing. If you do not have a plan in the event of your passing, no matter where you live, the government has a plan for you. So, <laughs> yeah, they do. So mm-hmm. I tell you, create a plan, no matter how small it is. You may think that, well, I don't have enough assets. I don't have enough money. But do you have someone, either a family member, a friend, a charity that you want to leave something to? that you want to develop a legacy for. So there are things that I share with people on how to do during their lifetime. And then there are activities that we consider to be testamentary for after you pass away. And so Mm -hmm. as part of your financial plan, just like you pay your light bill, you pay your car insurance, you put something aside for legacy and holistic planning. And so it should become part of your financial strategy, your legal strategy, and then just practically You know, you are your own family business. So the way that you maintain your household, that should be set up for legacy as well. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. I like that too. How do you connect legal protections with business growth? And give us a few pointers, if you can, on the legal strategies that every entrepreneur should know. Definitely. Now, one thing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, do not really focus on is personal finance. You'll have somebody who is great at making widgets. So I can make these widgets. I make the best widgets. I'm going to open up a business with widgets. But they don't have an accounting background. They don't have a marketing or sales background. And so building a business is almost like raising a child. It takes a village. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to get a team. You probably already have an insurance agent because, you know, you have a vehicle. You may have a home. So you have that relationship, but that relationship is not joined to the other relationships that you need, like a tax preparer and or a tax planner. Do you have a banker? Depending on your level of wealth, do you have a business manager? So part of it is putting a team together and getting those regular checkups. So I tell people, get the personal finance piece together before you ever talk about the business and get a budget. One of the things that I ask people to do, we look at the three eyes. One, we identify your assets. You'd be amazed at how many people want to start the conversation about asset protection and they don't know what they own. Owning is different than leasing. It's different than borrowing. Um, There are just so many variations to what legal ownership can look like based on the type of property. So one, we identify our property. Two, we inventory that. And when we inventory the property, we put it in two categories. We have what is being paid for out of our personal funds, and we have what's being paid for out of our business funds. And the last idea is we improve the classification. So do you have a personal um, vehicle that's being used for business purposes? Well, if you do, there are some things you need to do to improve that classification. You may need to change the ownership. Does the business need to purchase that vehicle? From you personally, you need to change the type of insurance you have for that vehicle, because depending on what you're doing, the liability is different. So three eyes, identify, inventory and improve those classifications. Once you do that, coupled with the personal finance piece, then you're able to really have a successful conversation with your team because they're going to need that initial information to really put together a concise plan for you. Oh, that's that's very uh Thank you so much. I appreciate it on, for all of us, I think, and, and also our mm-hmm. listeners. You um, had mentioned 
before our, we spoke of artificial intelligence. How does that fit in with estate planning? Well, and this is what I love. There are some people that are afraid of AI and you shouldn't be. It's a tool. The pen that you're using is a tool. The computer that you're typing on and watching YouTube videos, they're all tools. So what do you do? You get good at using the tool to become better. So when we talk about estate planning, you know, you may feel like you can't afford to go and pay a consultation fee for an attorney to go and let an accountant look at your books. So what I've done is I've put together a series of AI prompts and they basically get you started. So the prompt is something like this. My name is Cherie. I am married. I have, you know, X amount of children. I have three pets. And you just put in information about yourself. And then another prompt may be, what considerations do I need to take to start building my estate plan? So one of the first things that, you know, people consider, but they may not know as an option, you can get a pet trust. So how great is that? You know, after you've gone on and expired, there is something in place for your dog who's been beside you for the last 15, 20 years. There's something in place for him to be taken care of. And so with these prompts, they basically get the conversation started. You mm-hmm. may not know what to tell the attorney or the CPA. So you put this series of prompts in and then you ask, you know, chat GPT or whatever AI format you're using. What documents do I need to prepare based on what I just told you to take to my insurance agent, to my accountant, to my tax preparer, to my banker, to my business manager? And so those are the types of things that you can do for free because there's a free version of ChatGPT and some other free platforms just to really get you started with your estate plan. Wow, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was an option. It's amazing that you know that you can. And and what you've got maybe on your website or on your Facebook is to guide people how to do that, right? Well, what to ask. I have a series of free tools that I offer people. Um, One is a webinar that I do quarterly. It's called the Asset Protection Blueprint. And we just literally put together a blueprint. So when you think blueprint, you think of maybe a building that you're putting together. It's the basic framework for what you intend to do. And literally after that hour, you have the framework similar to what you may get with chat GPT. Like this is where I need to get started so I can start building my structure. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a Facebook group and in the Facebook group, you have other entrepreneurs who are there. They have questions. Sometimes someone will raise their hand and say, well, I'm having this issue. And there's somebody else in the group. Me too. This is how I resolved it. And I'm, all, I'm always there as well, just to add little nuggets about my experience and things that people can do. Wonderful. And can you share maybe a specific example from your personal experience that highlights the importance of asset protection and estate planning? I wish there were not so many, but I'm going to share one. (laughs) I I see so many things and people are so well-intentioned. One example that I share with people is that um, I have one client that had a family business and well, really multiple family businesses, but they were all in one LLC. And one of the businesses was sued and there was a judgment against that business. Well, it wasn't just against that business. It was against the entire LLC. So everything in the LLC was affected. 
And so that can be problematic. So one thing that I did, I worked with that family and I always like to start with a three entity structure. And it goes back to that blueprint. You have, you know, maybe if you have a will based estate plan, that the very top of that structure is the will. Or if it's a trust based estate plan, it may be a trust. That trust will own a holding company. What does the holding company do? It holds your assets. It does not provide services. And that third structure can be a variety of entities, but usually maybe something like an LLC. So the LLC is where the most of your liability is. You know, you may have a public facing company. You deal with the public. And so what we do, we work within the parameters um, to make that company, the operating company, look judgment proof using a technique called equity stripping. And we have other companies that work with that LLC and provide supplemental services or ancillary services. Um, And just really on paper, you look like man, this business looks like it's thriving, but there's no money here. Mm-hmm. And so there's just legal tactics on how you can use what you have to make you unattractive to creditors. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did for this family. We broke the companies up. We put them in multiple entities. We rearranged their insurance coverage. Um, and it And really, a lot of these things actually have tax benefits. Now, I don't give tax advice, but the great thing about being a part of a team is that you should have a tax professional on the team. So as I'm putting together these legal structures, I have the benefit of talking to the person that knows exactly where you are financially. And so we work together. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Right. I I was was actually going to ask you to walk us through a real life case, which with your expertise in asset uh, protection, and you just did. Can you talk a little bit more about how that impacted that client's business? Oh, definitely. For a while, um, there were certain assets that they could not use. I'll give you an example. There were certain property that they wanted to sell. Well, with that judgment, you would have to satisfy the judgment before you could actually get any money back if there was an overage. And so you also, and this didn't happen to them, but it could have, you run the risk of garnishments because anytime you have a judgment, they can execute on that judgment and garnish your bank account. Mm-hmm. They can put liens on property and force what's called a commissioner sale. That's where they ask the court to take property that you own. And it's literally on the courthouse steps and people can bid on it until that judgment is satisfied. If you are a retail agency, they can come to your store and take money at the cash register. Now, all this is done with the court order. But, you know, these are things that could happen for this family. They just had to, you know, satisfy the judgment so that all the property was not attached to the judgment. And once they paid it off, we were able to, you know, successfully segregate those assets. Mm. Ah, yeah. Can you maybe share some key indicators for business owners to look at in order to see if they need to reevaluate their asset protection strategy? Definitely. I'd like to start with the decision tree. And with the decision tree, we start with the very basics. Are you a brick and mortar company or are you running an e-commerce business? Because the type of protections you need may vary. And the advice is definitely going to vary. Because once you look at e-commerce, a lot is going to depend on where activities are happening. So the types of risk you have with an e-commerce business, some may come from New York, others from California, from Mississippi. It depends on the type of business. But brick and mortar is a little different. 
there may be the assumption that people are coming to your location. So if you're looking at insurance, you definitely want to pay special attention to how you design the insurance policy. If you were in mm-hmm. Seattle, it rains a lot. People slip and fall. If you were in a high crime area, there are just so many questions about that. But that's the very first question. E-commerce or brick and mortar? The second question is, are you a company that needs branding or do you desire anonymity? The example that I like to use is Kim Kardashian. If Kim Hmm. puts her face on something, you know, liker or hater, it sells. It sells. Mm -hmm. So if you're the type of company that would benefit from a brand, then the advice I'm going to give you is different. If you desire anonymity, we look at places like Nevada and Delaware and Wyoming to actually form those companies. And there are things that we do a little bit differently if you just really don't want people to know that you own the company or have ownership interest. And so those are a couple of the things. And we also work very closely with your financial professional. Now, when I say financial professional, it's not always a financial advisor because the thought is, if I have a financial advisor, I'm looking to invest. I'm talking about what are your on-hand assets? Because just like that widget maker, he is great at making widgets. But is he undercapitalized? You know, does he have the staff to actually fulfill the orders so that he does not, you know, have a bottleneck in his business? And so, you know, this is where we start working with other professionals and putting the pieces together. And that doesn't happen automatically. Um, There have to be releases that are signed because I have confidential information. They have confidential information. And so that's how we start the process. Right. This is just such great information. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, what are some of the um, common mistakes that and oversights, perhaps, that entrepreneurs make when it comes to asset protection and how can they be avoided other than what you were talking about? Or does that apply as well? A lot of what I see, um, you have a lot of entrepreneurs who try to do it themselves. And that's great in some instances. But when you're talking about setting your company up initially, You know, I say go and invest in yourself because that's what it is. You know, the IRS considers it an expense. You can write it off, but you really need to get people on the front end to make sure that you are set up properly. An example of that, um, something that's very easy to do in most places is just to go open an LLC up. Hey, I have my LLC. I got my own tax ID number. I'm in business. Well, do you want to pay yourself wages? There's a way to do that, but you can't necessarily do that with an LLC. You need to consult someone about a C-Corp. And really getting your structure set up initially is so important. The second thing is, and this is a real life example. I told you my first business was just, yeah, it was kind of terrible. Formed a (laughs) partnership on a handshake. And Mm -hmm. it ended very, very badly. We did not have an operating agreement. And that is one of the simplest documents that someone who is a business planning attorney can prepare for you and really educate you about. Because when the partnership dissolved, I didn't know my rights. I really didn't at that point. That was before I went to law school, before I was an attorney. I just was good at what I, you know, what we were going to do and we were going to go make those widgets. So those are some of the big mistakes. And I mentioned also as a third one, being undercapitalized. You just assume that because you're great at what you do, the money will come. Mm -hmm. But you definitely need to have a reserve account. And that reserve account 
should be consistent and based on certain metrics? Is it a percentage of, you know, your net, your gross? How often do you contribute to it? Is it a restricted account that you can only use it, you know, with a majority vote or under certain circumstances? And fourth, and this is so important because a lot of people don't think about it. As part of your reserve account, do you have minimally two times your deductible, your deductibles for your insurance policies? Because mm. what happens in a calendar year if you have two claims and you're unable to meet those deductibles? Did you see how that puts you in a different space operationally? And it can really affects your business. Um, there was one business owner that I had. They were running a restaurant. Well, the big freezer went out. They did not have reserves. It was, you know, a well-run restaurant, very popular, but they didn't have reserves to get a new freezer. Mm-hmm. And so they literally had to shut down and raise money for this huge freezer, like a this huge walk-in freezer that they used because they were just spending the money as they got it. It was a cash-based business, but it shut down. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. You've been right there with all these people. You've seen it all, right? <laughs> What well, are some well, of the most different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the most effective proactive measures that entrepreneurs and all of us can take to safeguard our assets and legacies? One of the simplest things you can do is treat your asset protection plan like a regular event, updating it. So just like you make a, an appointment for an annual physical exam, you know, on a regular basis, minimally, annually, but I would recommend quarterly, depending on the type of business that you have, make an appointment for all of your professionals to get together. And when you're first starting out, it may be very hard to coordinate schedules. So if you can't get everybody on a Zoom, preferably, it may be expensive to get everybody around the table, but on a Zoom, at least once a year or have them communicating throughout the year. Um, that is one of the easiest things that you could do to get started because hopefully mm-hmm. you work with these people anyway. So you really should not see an extra expense. As a matter of fact, you should see some savings. I've been at a table where we were talking and, you know, we figured out that this company can actually save some money, but prior to the end, nobody was talking about it. So you could see some savings. So that's thing. Number one is to, um, you know, treat it like an annual event. Thing number two, do not be afraid to ask for help. When I first started, I was trying to do QuickBooks myself, marketing myself, and it was a mess. I, I hate accounting. I was terrible at it. And I eventually had to let it go because the time that I was spending doing that and not working on my business was affecting my business. As the owner of the business, you need to be the visionary and learn what you need to delete, delegate, or renovate. And when I say renovate, you know, maybe there's a time that you need to go back to the drawing board and put some other things in place with your company so that you can be more efficient and that the plan that you have can actually work for you. Uh That's such great advice. I love that. Delevate or renovate. That's perfect. Um, How does your own legal career and your podcast dovetail with the work you do to help entrepreneurs protect their assets? Well, it's interesting because they are so different. Um, the podcast is more feel good. So, you know, the legal side is not very sexy. People, you know, don't get, oh, Sheree, asset protection. You know, we'll deal with that later. So I like to talk about it. 
And I try to make it as exciting as possible. But on the podcast, I actually talk to either entrepreneurs or people that have services or lifestyle hacks for entrepreneurs. We try to help people round out their business. So the goal for every episode is for the listener to leave with at least one piece of actionable advice they can implement in their business that same day. And so that's the goal for the podcast. It's a little lighter than what I do day to day in the firm. Um, And I'm actually, I'm an attorney in Mississippi because of course you have to be licensed, but I coach people everywhere. So for the coaching that I do, I guess the podcast is more aligned with it than the law firm. Oh, interesting. Good combo. And Cherie, what would you like our listeners to have as a takeaway today? The takeaway for today is it's never too late to play big faster. And by playing big faster, whatever it is you think that you can do tomorrow, do it today. Move Mm -hmm. faster, faster, be better. And just don't be afraid to make the investment in yourself. I love that. Great advice. The whole, our entire chat with you has been amazing advice. Thank you so much, Cherie. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, yeah. Yeah. And our guest today on Late Boomers has been Cherie Prince, attorney, podcast host of Play Big Faster, and asset protection coach. We hope she has given you some great pointers on how to preserve your legacy and protect it. And you can reach Cherie and receive clear, actionable, step-by-step advice on her Facebook page, Cherie Speaks, and she spells it S-C-H-E-R-R-I-E, Speaks and also on her website, shereeprince.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we want to remind our listeners to please subscribe to our YouTube channel called Late Boomers Podcast. And if you listen while walking and doing stuff, try to take a minute to give us a five-star review on your favorite platform. We're on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and at Late Boomers. We always try to bring you something to uplift and inspire you and something you can take action on. And today is certainly true of that. Thanks again, Cherie. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.